Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find a link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 22. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is singer-songwriter Pete Murray. He's just about to release a new EP entitled The Night, which is his first new music in over three years. In today's episode, we talk about his experience writing music remotely, his son's taste in music, and his breakthrough record, Feeler. Here we go. Our guest today is a singer-songwriter from Byron Bay, Australia. Some of his most well-known songs include Better Days, So Beautiful, and Opportunity. His new EP, The Night, is out tomorrow. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Pete Murray. Congratulations on the Night EP, Pete, which is uh, the first new music we've gotten from you since 2017. Um, the the lead single, If We Never Dance Again, has been blowing up on the radio uh, across the last few weeks. What was the catalyst for this song? So, um, you know, I went to, to LA and Nashville to do some co-writing. It's the first time I'd done that before. So I was very nervous about the whole process. I, I'd always um, stayed at home and written my own songs myself. Um, and to, to go overseas, I think, and, you know, to write with some other guys who are, uh, you know, good writers was a, a daunting task for me at first because I was very nervous I might not be able to produce the goods um, in the company of other people. So, um, but look, this is the second session I did um, when I was in L.A. with a guy called Morgan Dorr. And Morgan uh, is one of the uh, – he's, he's signed to Sony ATV, the, um, the publishing company over there in – America and he's uh, he's one of their leading sync writers. He has got uh, quite a few songs on movies and TVs and uh, you know so he's been TV shows and stuff. He's been um, uh, really quite successful over there. So I remember uh, when my management spoke they said, "Look, you know, when you um, don't stop this one up, basically this guy's good, <laughs> and if you can if you can write a good song with him, then you know you'll be." Um, I think we'll have some future things together, which will be good. So, you know, it was, as I said, the second session I did in LA. And I had pretty much one day with uh, with the, every every writer that I was working with. So this was, um, when we got together, we, we worked on this song and, and basically uh, did everything except it wasn't quite finished on the first day. So I had to change the um, ring management and say, look, can we cancel the session? Because this is, a, you know, it's a really... It's a great song, and I really need to finish this one because it got stuck in my head when I was over there. And uh, so I went back for the second session with Morgan, and we and we finished the song. And then it was a matter of finishing the production of it. So between um, you know Morgan and myself, it was just a bit of back and forth from America and and um, Australia. I think I was even over in the UK for a while there too. So we were uh, sending bits and pieces back and forth. But but in the end, we we got the whole thing done. 
It sounds like the song covered a little bit of ground there. <laughs> um, before, as you mentioned, this was your first time in a songwriting or um, I guess like a co-writing trip. Uh, now you've been performing and writing for almost, I think, around 20 years now or over 20 years um, possibly. What was it that kind of in, uh, changed for yourself in terms of trying something new? Well, it was, uh, I think, the thought of, of trying it. I hadn't done it before. Lots of other acts had been doing it and um, getting good results. And I just kind of thought, look, it's, it's something that, that I'm interested in trying. And I guess, you know, when you can have someone in the room that doesn't think like, like I do, has a different melody or different lyrics, and it, it just adds something else that you wouldn't, I would never think of. So I think that was, that's the beauty and the excitement of working with someone else that, um, you know, you're not necessarily going to get your own your own flavour all the time and, and having the extra person there working with them, you, you get that mix of something great, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. You, uh, you said before that you could kind of tell that there was something about the song when you were, when you were working on it and, um, and that it became stuck in your head. Um, other than being a little bit of an earworm, was there anything else that kind of stood out as, as why the song was special or like, could you pinpoint the, um, the magic that you, you guys had created? Yeah, I look the lyrical content too. I think it's 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 powerful, um, and you know it's the sort of the lyrics that people connect to straight away. I played it to um, John Hume's the producer, Aussie producer. Uh, he's based in LA now. John used to play with Evermore, so I was um, in LA and I gave him and his wife a call and said, "Look, let's catch up for breakfast." I said, oh, "I want to play you a song and just to see, you know, what their thoughts were." And I played this, and his wife had tears in her eyes when she first started listening to it. It wasn't quite finished at that stage. Um, and she said, yeah, it's beautiful. I think from that moment when you're playing it to someone and it's it's really touching and uh, can bring a tear to, you know, to their eyes, and you, you know you're on something that's, that's pretty strong. So um, definitely the sentiment of the song, what, it, what it's, a, I guess, the meaning it can have for other people. And, um, you know, definitely that's something that I think probably throughout time, a lot of my fans have really connected with my lyrics, and so I think this is a another song that they really will connect to as well. Definitely, I feel like you are well loved by your fans for your um for your lyrics and your your lyrical content. Um, the the EP itself contains six tracks, with a few of those having already been released before uh, before the EP release. Uh, can we expect some more music from you possibly later this year? Like maybe we looking at like a full length album. There's definitely more music coming. As to what we're doing yet, we're not too sure. But the um, there was uh, uh, basically an album's worth of music that was recorded. And I'm still doing some final touches on a few things, but we decided to do an EP this time around rather than an album. And mainly, I think, for a couple of reasons. But one was just the... Uh, with. The way things have changed with music now, it's almost like the album is hard to do now and, and people don't don't get to hear the whole thing, especially with the streaming sites. It's, a, it's changed a lot. So I think, you know, giving people an EP where there's five or six tracks on there is not too much so they can kind of get their head around it. Probably my fans would like an album anyway and they'll get into that, <laughs> but I think it's probably, near, you know, maybe the younger generation that, that don't... Um, like waiting till the end of an album or even the end of a song, like my son who's 17, 
Like he, he'll, he'll play a song in the car and halfway through he skips to the next one going, Charlie, what are you doing? Like you've <laughs> got to give the song a chance. And um, so I think that that was one reason um, of doing that. Also, I felt like the, the, the music was um, – the other batch of songs were probably a little bit more um, – or I could take the others in a bit more of a up-tempo, a bit more energetic direction. So – whether that was going to fit on an album, I don't know. So there's, there's still another, it's probably another album's worth of material that's kind of been, you know, 90% recorded. So I'll choose what we're going to do from once we get this EP out. Beautiful. I um, I know you've been doing some shows as well in the lead up to the, uh, the release of the EP. Uh, I think you've been playing the the By the Sea festivals. What's it like, um, obviously, with the the events of last year? What's the experience been like getting um, getting back out there and playing these massive shows? Yes, well, I only done one, but yeah, that was great. Uh, really nice. You know, everyone who was at the event, um, I guess, abided by the, the the rules, which was you know no um, dancing and. You had to sit down, which is uh, yeah, a little bit annoying to people, but they still did it, knowing that that's what they have to do if they want to see live music. Um, you know, it was great to be back and just even, you know, in a, a band environment, playing with the with your mates again, um, playing to a crowd, uh, more than 250 people, you know, which we were capped at at the end of last year. So, look, it's great. It's great to... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, to get out there, you know, it's a it's a hard thing for the government at the moment trying to balance, have a balance of you know being COVID safe and 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 getting um, you know mass groups together. So it's difficult, but it seems like Australia is really getting on top of that now. And I think it's you know definitely time to kind of get that um, you know moving forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel um, I feel like we've been very lucky here in Australia on on how the government and cities have handled what's going on. Um, a lot of guests we've spoken to found themselves in in one of two kind of, uh, I guess, groups or situations during COVID. Some found that they um, they weren't able to sit down. Uh, sorry, some found that they were able to sit down and kind of write albums worth of songs, and then. Some found that they really struggled uh, to create music at all. Did you find yourself in in either of those two, uh, I guess, kind of conundrums during COVID? Yeah, well, look, um, a lot of the songs were were finished, but I was still recording some. So it gave me the, the chance to really kind of to hone in and make those, um, to finalise those and, and get them the way that, that I wanted. 
and there's still a lot of other songs still that were hanging around that I that I still worked on as well. So there's a there's a good um, batch of songs now to choose from for, for whatever I do next. Um, so as far as writing went, I did a little, but I really found that that time in COVID was uh, spending spending it more with my family, and I I kind of enjoyed that a lot. So you know I I'm, I live around the Byron Bay area, so that was really nice to be able to go to a um, a Byron beach uh, when you could and not have have it crowded. It was a really nice <laughs> time there. So um, as a family, that was that was great to hang and just get um, a lot of time together. And a lot of I think a lot of people that I, that I was talking to felt the same same way that they had, had um, you know just have time with their family. Yeah, definitely. I um I can only imagine how nice it would have been uh, for yourself as a as a Byron native to just have the beach to yourself in instead oh, of flocked with tourists. <laughs> such a different place. Yeah, it was it was incredible. You know the um it, it was a lot of the old guys that lived around Byron said it was like like it was in the seventies. It was kind of like <laughs> a ghost town. You could drive you drive down down the street and um you know there was no one there, which is unheard of for Byron these days. It's, it's so busy. So, um, yeah, that was really, that was nice. That, um, yeah, that sounds lovely. <laughs> I'm, I'm very jealous. Um, Pete, usually on our show, we talk about some of the music that the, the guest is currently listening to or enjoying. Um, for yourself, was there any particular artist or record that, um, that I, I guess kind of got you through lockdown or made things a little bit easier during the last year? Um, probably helped get me through. But what I found is hanging out with my son, I got into a lot of music that he was into. He's 17 now, so he was introducing to to a lot of a lot of artists. Um, he's kind of likes his um, his English music, more of the kind of the the, uh, the the rap, you know. So he's he's into that. But I was kind of didn't mind it to be honest. It was getting getting a lot of artists that I hadn't really listened to before, and um, so I think that was kind of fresh for me having getting stuff from my son that's kind of nice has there has there been any crossover like he's shown you some uk hip-hop has there been anything where you've been able to impart um i guess one of your gems to him and, and have him appreciate that uh i'm always doing that to him <laughs> yeah so there's lots lots of music that i'm always going you know have you heard of radiohead have you heard of chris stapleton and all this you know he's like okay radiohead no yeah <laughs> so stuff like that you can you can you can introduce to him and uh, at the same time, he, he um, definitely appreciates that music too. Yeah, that's kind of um, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> I, I wanted to quickly mention, in about two years' time, uh, we're at the twenty-year mark or twenty-year anniversary for your massive uh, breakthrough record, Feeler. It was a huge hit record around Australia. Does it? I guess now, does it feel like all that was 20 years ago when you look back and, and see what has transpired since and where that record took you? No, no, it doesn't seem like that long ago. Um, it's funny how time flies. I think when you have kids too, your time goes even faster. But, you know, during that period when, when Feeler came out and it just, uh, it was insane. It was very popular very quickly. Um, it was, took me by surprise. And that was those first few years of that was just unbelievably busy, traveling you know around Australia and overseas, and uh, it was great. You know, it was just such a great vibe, and the music I guess picked up a lot of great fans along the way. My live shows, we still get 
you know, great crowds to the shows in Australia. So it's it's a solid crowd. Cause I know, you know, some other bands uh, or artists can have success, but it can fade pretty quickly. And I think I've been lucky that, that, it, that it's hung around and, um, you know, the, the fan base is still super strong. And, um, you know, maybe that's probably the songs I wrote, I write uh, can, you know, cross over generations because I do find now I'm getting um, kids, parents and grandparents coming to shows quite regularly. You've got whole families that are all into the music and and that's really great when you when you get that. And I, I think, you know, once again, you talked about lyrical content, uh, what the song's about, how that does reach out to people and connect to them. So, um, you know, it, it's a big thing. And, yeah, it's, it's, I think that's probably the, the reason that it's still... Um, you know, relevant today or my, my music's relevant today. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think um, most people I spoke to have um, have been, I guess when I mentioned that I was uh, speaking to yourself this week, there was, a, there was a certain level of love or a certain level of, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, loyalty. Your fans are very, very loyal to you and, and your music, um, which is fantastic. And I think it's also the music itself. Like it is just, it is a great record. Uh, it speaks to the, it, like speaks to the testament of the album itself. Yeah, it, it took me a long time to listen to that album too. You know, I didn't like it for a long time. I don't know if you heard that story, but I was went into a, like a post-album blues, I guess I'd describe it as, where I just couldn't hear anything good about it. <laughs> and I didn't, I never listened to it. I couldn't listen to it from start to finish. I'd put it on and listen to one or two, you know, bits of the songs and skip through and go, no, I don't like it and turn it off. And I never listened to it. And I got a text message from Darren Middleton from Powderfinger one day saying, just listen to Feel, what a great album. And I remember thinking, this is eight years later. Like, oh, really? Is it, what's so good about this album? So I, I thought, this time I'm going to put it on, I'm going to play it from start to finish, I'm not going to stop it, and I'm just going to make myself listen to it and, and stop pulling it to pieces. So finally, I played it from start to finish, and at the end, I just went, actually, you know what? It's a really great album. And I was really pleased to, or relieved that I could finally listen to it and go, be proud of it. You know what I mean, and, and not kind of pull it to pieces. So, thank God I'm over that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that you came round uh, around on it in the end, Pete. Uh, thank you very much for your time today and, and for being on the podcast. It was it was lovely talking to you. Yeah, great, great talking to you as well. And that's our show. Thank you again to Pete Murray. His new EP, The Night, is out tomorrow through Sony Music. You can find a link to Pete's Spotify in the show notes where you can go and listen to the new EP. We also want to give a quick shout out to Jack at On The Map for helping out with today's interview. You can also find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guest picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.